Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Bench Units. I'm Mark, and taking a brief break from using the pre-podcast five minutes of preamble to interrogate our guest about the state of his facial hair and whether it's good or not. I'm joined by James. How's it going, man? Not too bad, thank you. Did you realize that at the start of the last podcast, you stole my intro rather than your own? You introed the last podcast. We've been like, hello, which is just absolutely not what you do. I did not realize that, but it's also funny. That's the first episode we've had to go back and edit in ages, and I've definitely done that before. <laughs> it just shows you don't actually pay attention to what I'm saying. You just caught it on the intro. Yeah, that's it, for sure. Um, but yeah, I am fine, all things considered. Um, facial hair and dermatological <laughs> issues aside, <we're> fine. <laughs> I, would say, I would say that mustache is a dermatological issue in and of itself. But Yeah, it's just bad skin underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We are joined by someone who last joined us in December 2022, and I hope our guest won't take this personally when I say that when I set about writing this rundown, I realized I did not remember a single second of that episode, but I put that down to being severely sleep deprived because when we recorded that, I was the parent of a not yet one month old baby. So no offense on that front. I did go back and re-listen, so I should be ready to go. Um, she has recently emerged from the witness protection program um, after she was a witness to Nico Joancer committing an end of quarter crime in a Euro Cup game. Um, passive aggressive pass on the back and all. Uh, never been to a Euro Cup round and not come away with an All Star Five selection. Uh, we call that the Greg Warburton Club. Insists roast moose is a real dish, even though in the last. 14 plus months since she was last here. We haven't seen it on a menu anywhere, so we can only assume she's making it up. And she is here to help us stoke the flames of a rivalry that we have decided to manifest for our own entertainment and content production purposes. Aaron Young of Ryan River Rhinos, how's it going? Welcome back. What an intro. <laughs> I'm just sitting here laughing at this whole thing. <laughs> Hi, well, I'm good. That's all we've got for the whole episode. We can cut recording now if you want. It was just me to <laughs> me wanted to get those off. Oh man, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, we Mark, realized... sorry, Mark. Sorry, I have a question. Was I meant to hit record for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, we realized, Juice, as I went back and listened to this one, and it, it did jog my memory when you joined us here for the first time. You were as unreasonably excited to be on bench units as any guest we've ever had previously. So um, is the excitement still there? Did you still get the butterflies for this one? Or has the sheen <laughs> worn off now that you've spoke to us in person and realized no. actually just a pair of losers who have better to do than watch 11 basketball games a weekend? No, I like coming on here and chatting with you guys. I feel like I'm a little bit now of like a veteran to the podcast, but uh yeah, I still really enjoy coming on here and listening to you guys talk for about basketball for an hour or so. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're happy to have you here. I'm trying to think if we had to tier people in terms of like how much of a veteran they are. You've got like your Mendels of the world and then there's like maybe le this, it's still single figure like repeat offenders for sure. So you're in a, <laughs> a semi-exclusive, not that interesting club, I would say, but <laughs> Great. You're always welcome. <laughs> Happy You're always to be welcome, a part of especially it. Especially if we need you. 
<laughs> if you um if you do get a third appearance, this is Bench Unit's policy. On your third appearance, you get to do the intro to the podcast. So Ooh, um, okay. if that isn't f- fuel for the fire, then then I don't know what would be. So, yeah. No, no, you don't get to, you have to. Like there's no Great. there's no choice. <laughs> but yeah, so um since the last time you were with us, a lot has happened. Mark's made a couple of bullet points here. Uh you signed Kamal Khan and Ur Toprak for a little bit. They, had a, they both had a cup of coffee in Wiesbaden. And during that cup of coffee, Toprak beat Landil on his own with 36 points. I say on his own, you might have had 20. I don't care. <laughs> uh, you guys ended your season by losing to Thuringen in semifinals. Team Canada went on to disappoint Mark um, in the 2023 World Championships. He's already made Kitty Dandenau apologize on your guys' behalf, so I don't think he's going to. We like debated making you apologize as well, but God. it's fine. It's not a real thing. That um, sounds so depressing. <laughs> it's fine. This season's looking fun. You guys obviously had a lot of changes. Um, you've brought in Nico Dry Miller, Mikey Pay, um, Boots, Keakita, uh, and as Mark has also noted, Jim seems to be sitting max height now. So it's all changes, man. How, how's it going? How's, how do you feel about this season so far? Uh, honestly, I've been really enjoying this season as a whole. Like the group that we have this year is probably by far my favorite group. Like we gel on and off the court. And I think just, I don't know, we are people that kind of just like keep it real. So no one's ever like, no one's feelings are ever hurt. If, you know, I play really bad defense three times in a row, like, <laughs> no, we're, we're a pretty good group. And I don't think Jim is sitting max height, even though he probably wishes. <laughs> he, is, he is taller though, right? Cause he's moved to a, moved to a perform max chair and he looks a lot bigger than he is. Although maybe it's because your other ones are Chris Huber and boots. Maybe Jim just looks like, Gulliver's travels by comparison. I do definitely think he is sitting like a smidge taller. It just looks like he's in like a tennis umpire's chair. (laughs) 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 This guy, there's certain guys that I think it's low pointers, and it's like amount their chair moves up in comparison to like their or so height, where it's just like, are you a lifeguard? (laughs) Or what's the deal like? (laughs) But yeah, I don't think I've seen Jim in his new chair. Like I, I know he had it for like a camp that we had but he like you don't want to change chairs right away but yeah no it looks it looks good he's like still fast as he's just still incredibly fast um he still falls a ton in it though sometimes it's like oh no are you about to get hurt but it's jim he seems to bounce up pretty quickly (laughs) uh while we're on chairs i didn't actually note this down but i've it's John Mary now. You have recently moved from RGK to Matsunaga, is that right? Yes. Welcome. Yeah, it's been a huge No, no, she, she's sponsored, man. You don't get to say welcome. You're just a guy <laughs> who has one of those chairs. Yeah, I'm a guy who's had three of those chairs. Yeah. I've <laughs> it's liked good. Them um, it's really different from my RGK setup that I did, but it was like I wanted to do that. Um, so my legs are like incredibly sore because I'm using them a bit more um in my old chair I pretty much sat at 90 and like had my like legs locked in and I was seeing all these other four or fives like still kind of using their legs and I was like hmm (laughs) why didn't I ever think of that (laughs) so yeah I changed my whole setup and 
I got my chair when I was about to leave for Euro Cup, but then decided to stay in the RGK for Euros. Um, but yeah, and then I made the switch and so far it's been okay. I'm a lot faster in the chair, but it's just taking years too. It, it's funny to have that moment of realizing that you're not using your chair illegally like everyone else does. Like, I don't mean height wise. I just mean like, it brings me back to uh, Julio Papi, the foro that plays for my team over here, um, told me a story once when he was a young guy going to his first serious team in Santa Lucia. He like got to training one day, strapped himself in. And one of the like older Italian fours was like, what are you doing? He's like strapping myself in properly. And he was like, then you can't lift. He's like, oh yeah, but you're not allowed to. And he was like, come on. Just like reached over and like unclicked his strap a little bit. And he was like, okay, jump now. Cool. There you go. See? Like a oh foot my goodness. But I just love like, what are you doing? This. Oh, but then you can't do something that you're not allowed to do. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the well you're not allowed to is like, well, you're not allowed to drive over the speed limit, but there aren't enough police to pull over every single car on the motorway. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, I think the lifting thing is like, if everyone lifts a bit, you're fine. Like I have this conversation with a couple of people who get caught for lifting and I'm like, well, if everyone's doing it and the ref sees you, you're obviously like a little yeah. further off the seat yeah. than the average for it. <laughs> but yeah, entirely fair point. Um, so but anyway, <laughs> this season we're going to get into your guys' year a little bit. Um, you guys are 10 wins, four losses, third place in Germany. Um as the German the German League as we know it is kind of two heavyweights up top. Um yourselves and Hanover have kind of carved yourselves into third and fourth place. So unsurprisingly, your losses have been against Thuringen twice, against Landil once, and completely and utterly omitted from at least my memory and maybe everybody else's. You guys lost to Munsterland 41-48. Yeah. Um no Real further high context score. is needed, and you definitely weren't missing yourself, Boots, and Mikey. You guys were at full strength, and you lost to Munsland, who hadn't won a game up to that point in the season. Is that all correct? Um. Yep. Sure. Because <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. So that... I mean, we're just trying to like act like that never happened, and you know, <laughs> it was just a dream that we all had. <laughs> Thank God we're here. Well, Mark, like I forgot it happened. <laughs> We're going to we're going to get into um as we go through this episode we're going to get into the intricacies of how you guys and Hanover um square off in that kind of third and fourth place. Um and interesting I'd forgotten this one as well. Apparently I just ignore losses that don't fit what I expected to happen in the game because Hanover recently lost to Cologne by a handful of points. Um so I think you guys have each had your like oops slip up game for the entire the entire <laughs> season. <laughs> now now you're back to all square apparently. Um I have a question about Cologne in general. You guys obviously being in their league and being a bit more familiar with them, but like we watch them nearly every week. Like do you know like why they're so good sometimes and don't seem to be other times? Because it's doesn't really seem to be like they've been missing guys here and there, but like they went to Champions Cup without a load of guys and gave everyone trouble for a bit. But I don't beat Le Canet. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't understand that. What's like if you told me they went and beat Le Canet, but they were missing their ability to play with mids, I would be like, no, like you're gonna beat Le Canet like sixty-one sixty by just getting into a race. But I don't, I just don't understand why their range is 
so inconsistent and I don't know if you're a bit closer and have any idea um honestly it's just it's a mystery <laughs> I don't know I like you look at Cologne and you look at the team they have and you're like all right this is gonna be like a pretty big battle and then I don't know I'm just gonna you know bank it on the Rhinos playing really good defense against them and, good you know yes yeah <laughs> sure all right like, well, Although you one. got off that point, I was trying. I was trying to piece these losses together. I'm pretty sure you guys lost to them on a game winner at one point last season. Is that right? I think Shabo hit one against you guys. Oh yes, against Jim actually. You, oh, Jim you know, yeah. oh yeah, it's it's a good unit, and you love this team until someone gets scored on to lose a game, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden it's every month. You leave my friend alone. <laughs> what, what you just went through there was the entire like. Um, theory of the show the apprentice where it's like all these guys being like hey we've all got each other's backs and we're going to do the best job and then it comes time for one of them to be fired and they're like well actually it was his fault <laughs> well usually like we have someone on our team that like everyone always hits against and the last few years it was chase wolf like literally no one could miss shooting over him and then i feel like last year it was a lot of gym <laughs> like didn't matter how good of defense Jim played, they were still somehow scoring over him. And then this year, sadly, it's been falling on me a ton. So it's like payback at the same time for me, like roasting them all the time. Cause I don't know how many times that, you know, I've jumped out at the three point line and stopped him and they still shoot it in my face. And I'm like, that sucks. So no, I feel like that's so. me there this year. Yeah. James has experience with that from this season, actually. Um, yeah. Um, what I was going to say is I feel like it should proportionately happen to low pointers more than high pointers if you think about, like, probability that they're mismatched. And also, it's nice to know that Jim's chair still fits under the bus, Aaron. <laughs> it's nice of you, for God's sake. <laughs> he hasn't gone tall enough if you can still throw him under a bus. <laughs> Hey, I'm allowed to. <laughs> but also, based on what you've just said, I don't mean to alarm you, but um, you say Chase was the guy who was getting scored on all of last season, and he's not on the team anymore. So you um, you better shape up, otherwise. I know. So now it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you'll be out of the team come this time next year, apparently, and they'll get someone who's gonna gonna get stopped. Um, <laughs> on which note. You guys, as James alluded to, you had a fair bit of turnover players-wise. Um, so going out, Uga, Tokrat, Kamel Khan, Chase Wolf, Louis Hadwan, uh, Lucas Warburton as coach. Um, just a hideously unsuccessful run for him in his one year of professional coaching. Um, coming in, Rude. Nico Drymuller, Mikey Pei, Boots, and Kay Akita, who might be wheelchair basketball's best paid per minute on court player because he seemingly only ever plays five or six minutes a game um so yeah a lot of change and not necessarily a lot of one in one out changes you've kind of filled the roles by committee a little bit um do you feel like the chemistry has kind of carried over given how much change you've had or do you think roles have had to be redefined a little bit or where do you guys um, see yourselves compared to last year from a, an options and lineups standpoint, I guess? I think the chemistry pretty much has, honestly, I think it's improved since the last few years. Like we kind of knew that Nico was going to be coming in. Um, we heard about Kay coming in. So like we were already in discussions with them even prior to the season. So we were pretty like our first day in practice, we were all pretty comfortable with each other. 
as a part of like adjusting to new roles, I think that honestly, I would say that most of us have had to adjust in some way or the other. I would obviously say that like the first part of the season was quite just hard on me because last season I was, it was me and Orr that shot the ball almost 24 seven and we were expected to, you know, put up 20 or more points. And so this year having like a lot more threats on court, like the ball's distributed a lot better and there's like less pressure on like me, for instance, like last year I was expected to perform every game. And like I said, drop 20 or more points this year. I'm like, wow, like sometimes I'm like the third threat and I'm like, this is nice. Like, this I'm not getting jumped at the moment like things are just smooth sailing you know Jim's like blocking all these people from jumping me I'm like this is nice so it was a little bit of an adjustment for myself just because now we actually have a lot more threats on the perimeter um but it's been like a really positive adjustment like something I need to learn for even just the future but Offense aside, Mikey is a very defensive focused guy and coach. So it's been a real challenge for me because some people in my past would say I'm more offensively dominant. And now having to change that role to actually play defense has been a very humbling experience. (laughs) But uh, I really do think my defense has improved with Mikey as our coach. And I mean, just all the guys actually challenging me because they know that that is something I want to improve. So yeah, short term, long term, I don't know how quick that was. No, I'm I'm sure it's probably better a coach challenges you to play defense than you get to a game in April and all of a sudden someone's putting you into a spot that you don't want to be in. Like it's it's tough to go through that, I would say, but also like you'd rather you'd rather that be a that be coming from your coach who wants to make you better rather than Oh, like just being targeted for a season or for yeah. a certain game. So sounds like a sounds like a good spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Um was I gonna say just culturally with all those guys coming in, we kind of touched on it already, but do you think the fact that you guys already had like half a group that had been together for a long time, do you think you were able to sort of plug the new guys into your like the pre existing culture, or did you have to like create new like, do you have to create a new thing? I don't know if I'm describing that well, but like, were you like, hey guys, we've already got this going on. Welcome in on Tuesdays. We go out for whatever. Or did it take a little minute? I know you said you'd kind of spoken to each other already, but like. Yeah, I would say it was pretty quick. Like we were just like, hey, this is our, I call our team the goon squad. Cause like, if you literally look at all of us, it's like, do they play basketball? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like we're challenging some of that, like, you know, we're challenging Londale. We're, we're, I mean, minus our game against Turinga a couple of weeks ago, we've been challenging them. Like, like, I just, I don't know. Everyone kind of just like fit in really well. And we all got along. Obviously our hardest one to really bring into the team was Kay, just because he doesn't speak German and his English is still fairly new. So he's been an absolute sweetheart like you can joke with him and he just thinks you're the funniest person so I love it like I'm like this guy thinks I'm a comedian so Uh, every every team needs that guy I promise you every team needs somebody who is a guaranteed easy laugh 
Yeah. Yeah. So he's been really fun to have around and it's been like a good challenge to like work with him on offense and defense, just because you now have to change the way you play defense or offense to help him and help him understand. Like it's been, it's really cool. And we have a really good goon squad. That's what I always say. So we're a good squad. <laughs> and what's it like? having that sort of close relationship with all your teammates and then having a player coach. Cause there's probably like Mikey, probably the age difference as well. It probably has to like <laughs> split those two things with like being like, ah, yes. Hello, fellow young people. And also having that authority and being here. I don't think Mikey needs to work for any authority or respect because he's Mikey pay. Like, yeah. like if you don't know any better. <laughs> yeah. I always say like, we always say to him that we're keeping him young. Like, I don't know how many times something happens on court or just like conversations are happening and Mikey will just be like taken back, shaking his head. And I'm like, we're keeping you young. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely think he's really good at like balancing the two out of like challenging you as an athlete, but also like just being a good person. And mm -hmm. so I think his balance is pretty good. Like, Definitely has a really still like a high competitive side that comes out of him. And I mean, we just like to fuel that fire in him a little bit more. So sure. Yeah. You've led us perfectly into our, our next question. We've got, got a couple of things about Mikey that we're going to ask you. Um, number one, do you have any idea how given that he's been out of playing professionally for a little while now, and he coaches seemingly every national team in existence, how has he just slotted into this season and appears to be in the prime playing shape of his whole career? Like It's just like he's never been away. Honestly, I'm just going to go back to him being incredibly competitive. Like <laughs> when he first like came onto the team, we were all like, oh, I wonder, you know, how he's going to feel midway through the season when we're doing all these like Euro leagues traveling. Like, is he going to feel okay? <laughs> <laughs> and honestly he's been totally fine like you know some days I feel like he feels younger than even like I do the way he's playing like sometimes in a few games he's taken a few hard tumbles and we're like oh here we go like you okay your body feeling good and we're mostly just like joking with him we're never <laughs> taking it seriously but I think that just like also helps him I don't know come into the team but I think it's just his competitive drive that literally just keeps him motoring at the top speed that he can. <laughs> and also, like, if you can think like he can, you can shoot like he can, you can kind of, you, you can age a little better. Like, I'm going yeah. to age terribly because all I do is push around. Like, I'm I'm in trouble. But, <laughs> like, the old guys that can shoot the ball are always fine. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he'll be like, oh, you know, I'm feeling old today. And then, like, drop, like, 40 points in a two-hour practice. And we're just looking at him like, yeah. But <laughs> from, old? like, two spots on the floor. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I can go here and I can get over there and I'll <laughs> make them. But, yeah. That's so funny. Um, Next Mikey Pay-related question. Do you think he would like to come on the podcast? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would... I feel like me and Jim would try to like force him onto the podcast, <laughs> but I don't know. He has, you know, a baby now. He's a dad. He's busy. He has not only the baby, but he has the goon squad to take care of. So I don't know. The children. He's busy. Yeah. yeah. There are certain people that we've asked about this and they've just very honestly come back and be like, no, nah, not really my thing. And 
at that point we're like that's fine like we don't want to force anyone <laughs> also like we've had people who've said yes and it hasn't been their thing and we've realized <laughs> afterwards and we've been oh, like all no. right cool like this wasn't this, you, you didn't enjoy this no worries like, <laughs> To sweeten the pot, do you think he would have been more likely to come on the podcast if we had trusted our gut and given him the belt for your guys' win last weekend? Because we we did consider it, and then we went with um, Rose and Yannick as co-holders, given that result. Honestly, if he would have given the belt, we probably would have had to explain to him <laughs> what it was. <laughs> All right, it's it's not a thing. You can't explain it. Like we yeah. we we kind of went over the sort of. The, the physics of people sharing a belt that doesn't exist. And I was like, well, they could share it if it were a real belt because they, like, those guys play together. So, like, they could, like, stay in their gym and <laughs> whatever. But, like, it's not real. Like, I didn't need to do that. But, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Let's not explain the metaphysics of the belt either. <laughs> okay. And last question on this front. In the interest of building this rivalry up with Hanover, would you like to weigh in on my currently being workshopped take that your legendary point guard is in fact better than theirs. Oh my goodness. You're really fueling the fire for Hanover for our next game <laughs> against them. I'm just going to keep it Team Switzerland here and say I am looking forward to playing them again next Thursday. <laughs> is, is Team Switzerland a reference to Mikey coaching Switzerland? Or it's, being neutral? Yeah, just being very neutral. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really funny like going and coaching a team that sort of geopolitically aligns with your temperament is great <laughs> yeah yeah okay shall we move on a little bit and we will talk about your guys recent euro cup experience yes so uh Wiesbaden went to euro cup for the first time in, I honestly don't remember, so I just wrote three question marks on the rundown here, thinking that I would come back to it and fill that in when I'd found the answer, which and I here we are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you guys have qualified for the Euro Cup 1 finals. Uh, congratulations on that. That was probably, outside of the group that was hosted in Cantu, it was probably my favourite group to watch. Uh, I thought it was really evenly spread. Um, and you guys won despite pretty tough Euro Cup 1 group with Yez, Izmir, and London, as well as yourselves. Uh, this was, as I understand it, this was your first Euro Cup ever? Yes. Um, do you want to take us through Euro Cup through the eyes of a rookie? Because there's not many people we get to ask that questions to. Oh, that's sad that I'm like a rookie in something still. <laughs> <laughs> um, Honestly, it was good. Like, we had a pretty hectic travel day to get there just because Lufthansa or Lufthansa, I never pronounce it correctly. They went on strike. So we had to divert our original flight to Munich. So we had to take a train to Munich and then fly from there. So our five hour travel day ended up being like 14 hours. So that was like the initial, here we go, here I'll go. <laughs> and I, other than that, I really loved it. Like the facilities and the gym and the hotel, everything was really, really great. Um, it was my first time like playing against like a Turkish team. And so I really got to feel that like physicality of the sport. And I absolutely loved it. I was like, I love when people play really physical and I can like, I can eventually like open up and be physical as well. So all in all, I threw a few foot plates out and they never got called and it was the best day of my life. 
<laughs> but other than that, no, it was a really good tournament. Um, obviously playing, what was it, like four games in two days. Um, it kind of brought me back to like my college days where you're literally playing like four to six games on a weekend. And so I I really loved it. Um, some guys were pretty like tired and beat up by the end of it, but it was good. Um, obviously our first time playing here's here's i'm so bad i butcher all this um I'm canadian your french has got to be at least at like a four out of ten come on oh man, man. no i'm gonna be i'm gonna embarrass everyone here so <laughs> yeah the first time playing them was just rough i mean it was like nine in the morning i don't think we went to bed till super late and well, that's not an excuse yeah. yeah not an excuse <laughs> we just played really poorly but i think it also just like you know, we got into our locker room after and like all of us were just like, I wish we could just play again. Like we were so ready to beat them. Like we were like, screw this. Like we played terrible defense. Like we didn't show what we're capable capable of. And then obviously in the final, we like, to put it nicely, destroyed them. But mm -hmm. it was really nice. But that was one of the games where I don't know any of their names. So I don't hope to God, I do not offend anyone, but that really good shooter, I think he's a four or five. Nico. Super N yeah, tall, Nico Juancer. Just you can go Nico if you want. If well, you want to confused that Nico I have beef with now because in the first game, I think it was the first game. Anyways, shock like the clock was running down. I was like, I'm playing great defense. We're you already were? past the three-point line, and he baseballs it and it goes in. And I was like, of course like put a target on me just shoot over me i was so mad but i mean good shot i mean he was a good shooter but He's i was amazing. really salty about that but that also i feel felt like fueled my fire to like beat him up in the final a little bit if it brings you any comfort at all that moment you're talking about definitely um didn't get screen recorded and shared in a group chat that me and james are part right. of. humbling it was really humbling <laughs> we're just big uh, fans of that guy he might be like i tried to make like a like a first team all smooth um and that just started with me thinking about him like i was watching him it was in the europeans last year i think he was on the way to nearly beating the Netherlands on his own, it seemed like. Um, and I was just like two and a half quarters in. He was just going to, it's one of those where you're playing great defense. You're like, this guy just might make shots for 40 minutes and it won't oh. matter. Um, but yeah, it sort of inspired me to try and find my way to first team all smooth. I never finished it, but um, <laughs> yeah. he was, he was the, he was the captain. So yeah, <laughs> it was so, ended up being a really good tournament and, at the banquet, I didn't realize how, like, how much or how many women were actually playing in the tournament until we got to the banquet. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, this might be the first time that I've seen a bunch of women in a men's dominated sport right now. So I was so pumped about that. And so I took photos with everyone because I was like, yeah. I was going to say, it was like, how many, how many of you were there in the end? Like, it was nearly double figures, right? Yeah, it was like nine maybe i don't know i'd have to look at the photo again but still crazy slightly yeah. worrying considering there was four teams in the tournament and you played against three of them it took you until <laughs> until the closing banquet to realize but you know listen i was really focused on winning in the final okay like i'm Entirely. just gonna lose that <laughs> um we're gonna talk gonna talk about the 
because the setup of this tournament was a little bit weird because there was meant to be five teams. You had one team drop out. And then um, for reasons I'm not entirely sure of, they structured your group differently to the other group that ended up with four teams. So you ended up in the very unusual scenario of having Kiers in the morning, which was like just part of the pool play. And then you had them in the placement game later that day, which was bizarre um, and not really something that happens at EuroCup ever. But um, the fact that a team can drop out and then the tournament host can choose to do whatever they want with it. <laughs> is wild to me like we had a team drop out as well and we just all played each other once like so we did on the preview podcast before euro cup um we had a look at your group i picked yes to win um offended james picked you guys to win because i know offended. more people on that team and, and then I, wait, wait for someone it. I don't know and then wait for it i Asked James mid-tournament if he'd watched any of Hier's yet and sent him a link to, I think, Hier's playing Izmir. And his reply was, I've watched Hier's for five minutes and now think they'll thrash Vespan. <gasps> Offended. <laughs> yeah, but which which of the things that I say do you take seriously, if either of them? Like, <laughs> to be I fair, don't mean I was what like... I say, generally. No, to I be was... fair, I yeah. was just like, is, is Ronso just going to make shots for 40 minutes? Like. No, literally, oh I've never like. I'm a little bit. I don't know the right word, but like, I go. I don't really know a lot of the teams coming into Euro, so I'll be like, "Oh, who's this team?" And someone will be like, "Oh, that Nico guy, he can shoot." And I was like, "I don't know who this is." Like, I'm going into this like so humbled, and you know, I have like Colin text me. And he's like, "You got to stop Nico," and I'm like, "I don't know who this guy is." And then he, of it's, course, it's so he hits funny. a baseball three against me, and I'm like, "Yeah, I know who you are now." <laughs> it's so funny when you get like you're too embarrassed to be like, "Who's that guy?" When you're in a like a team talk, and someone's like, "Hey, we're jumping this guy now." You're like, "I need a number." Or... Yeah, I'm like, "I need a jersey number." Again, <laughs> this guy's a shooter. You need to jump him, and then you don't know who it is, so you kind of just stay under a screen, and someone splashes. When you're like, "Oh yeah, it's him," like it's for sure that guy. No worries. Yeah, our first, my first year in Europe, we were playing Trier and we were talking about Dirk this, Dirk that. And Chase was like, sorry, who's Dirk? And we all just like, <laughs> and then Jim was like, you're going to learn who Dirk is real yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have 46. Like... Yeah. <laughs> so um, the first TIS game, we, I think we touched on this when we did like the roundup episode for EuroCup, but. Um, was one of the more blatant acts of posturing I remember seeing in a EuroCup game because Nico, who is the alpha and omega of the Hiers game plan, they just sat him out the first half of the game. And I was like, oh, whoa, they're fully prepared to just, they're like valuing the element of surprise in the second game and just punting this first one. And then they kind of realized post-halftime that they were close enough they could actually just slot him back in and probably take the game away, which is exactly what ended up happening. And I think in my and James's text thread, I was like, well, this is doom for Wiesbaden. If he can play 20 minutes and they come out with the win anyway, then Rhinos are in trouble. And then the only thing more badass than sitting a guy out for half the game and winning anyway is going up against that full-strength team and beating them by 25, which is exactly what you guys did. So... Um, it was just, it was great performance art on all fronts. And you guys obviously knew what was at stake there because that was the ticket to, that was the game that really mattered, right? In terms of yeah. 
uh, getting the highest seed for the Euro Cup one final. So you talked about it just then uh, saying you wish you could turn around and play them again right away. And that's essentially what you did, given a few hours break. So <laughs> what was different in that second game in terms of was it you figuring them out or was it you guys finding yourselves more than it was anything to do with them? Um, yeah, mostly it was just like in that first game against them, we were our own worst enemies. Like we weren't really communicating. We weren't really, you know, being physical on chairs. And then we were just missing like easy buckets. Um, so when we lost to them, like everyone was just more like mad at themselves of not performing and so, yeah, into that finals game against them, we just, we knew we were better. And so we just kind of, I don't know, focused on ourselves and our team and didn't really look at the scoreboard until probably two minutes left in the game. And I was like, oh, we're winning. <laughs> oh, we're up by a lot. <laughs> it all worked out. But doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you don't have to know time and score, if you're so comfortably ahead that nothing is really, <laughs> really a threat at any point. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, they they were really good and like they were super physical with us. I mean, some of them were trying to trash talk me in French and I was like, bro, I'm from the other side of Canada where we don't really speak the language. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't know what you're saying. If only you knew enough French to explain that to them. That would be <laughs> Unless you've got any good roast moose material, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, so we're gonna we'll switch over a little bit. We've uh talked Euro Cup here, and we're gonna kind of parlay this into talking about Vispard and Hanover. So, as I mentioned uh beforehand, you guys. For the last couple of seasons now have been kind of teams three and four in Germany in some order that looked like it was destined to repeat itself. And as this kind of mid portion of the season has uh, kind of come about, I don't know if you listened to um, the post Euro Cup breakdown episode we did, but we this time of year is very easy to get like big picturey and philosophical from our standpoint because we're like we're now seeing these teams in different contexts and they're playing against teams that are like unique matchups that you know they've not seen before and whatever else and because um, we're unbearable and because we're losers yeah um so i'm gonna the last few weeks from either side so hanover convincing win over uh during bulls in the week before the euro cup i believe yeah they qualified for euro cup two following a loss to Fenerbahce in their group. So they're going to be headed to Euro Cup 2, along with Hiez, who you unceremoniously booted to that level of the competition. Um, and then they, just this past weekend, came up with a seven-point loss to you guys. Meanwhile, you guys qualified for Euro Cup 1, along with Fenerbahce, who gave Hanover the business. Um, you guys had what I've charitably noted. I put them put for them a convincing win over Thuringen. I'm gonna note you guys down as a convincing loss. I hope that sits okay with you. That's fine. We um, <laughs> and then you guys obviously scored the win over Hanover. And not only that, you guys are playing each other again midweek next week, which I think is a rescheduled game from when you guys were all over at America's Cup. I think I've got yeah. that right. 
Uh, mm-hmm. You should should have rescheduled the Munsterland one as well. Now I think about it, but um, <laughs> yeah. So you guys have a lot of lot of overlap in terms of kind of what has gone about in the last few weeks and a decent amount of material to kind of measure each team, um, you know, be it against the general competition or against each other. But we'll start off by talking about this game that just happened last Saturday because you guys scored a seven-point win over them, which has nudged you into third place in Germany. So take us through last weekend's game a little bit and what you thought was what you thought were the key takeaways from it. Um, obviously coming off of, uh, butt smack from Turinga, we kind of like just knew that we had to get our butts in gear a little bit and start like performing, um, more consistently. And so that was really that whole, well, unfortunately that whole week training prior to Hanover, I was in Canada training (laughs) with the women's ball so that was tough um but yeah the friday practice i got back um i kind of got like the gist of what everyone was working on and mostly it was just like we can't focus we can't have so many different like things to focus on we need to be like short and narrow and just work on that and like stick as a team and i think that's what really helped us beat hanover in those 40 minutes because we were down um, pretty much majority of the game until, what, the third? Yeah, so fourth, you, third? Guys, you guys had a run, I think, from about two minutes left in the third quarter to maybe the opening two or three minutes of the fourth quarter. You guys went on a run that was something like 12-2. My memory is a bit hazy because I, I watched it on Same. Monday. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, they led the game by like seven or eight points for most of the time. Um, it was one of those games that I was watching knowing what the score was. And I was like, but when does this when does this happen? Even down to the last sort of offense where they sort of execute perfectly and manage to trap. I think it's Mikey with the ball. Yeah, it's just like last second. He had just hot potato over to Nico. I was like, oh, yeah, that's how this game gets to seven. <laughs> I was just like, they did about as they kind of executed late game in terms of like timing and filing and trapping and this that and the other about as well as they possibly could have and it just didn't matter because Nico's the man <laughs> that's <not>. yeah <laughs> honestly like I don't know I can't really say crazy much about the game because we still have to play them again but it was just like we were focusing on what we needed to do and the jobs that we needed to get done and I think um honestly I don't think many of us were looking at the score the whole game we were just kind of like head this is going to be a grind like we knew it was going to be a battle and then obviously in the last two minutes two three minutes we just kind of executed what we wanted to do and get the right shots and then Nico with that dirty three at the end everyone was pretty pumped about that but yeah I mean they're um they match up with us really well but they're also you know way bigger than us like like oh my goodness like their bigs are huge like not no none of us can even get a hand up to really like affect their shot so it's always like a challenge when we are a bit of a smaller mid-sized team but I think we handled it pretty well especially after getting our butts kicked by 
Turinga previously. <laughs> it's tough to kind of pick yourself up from one and immediately look at the calendar and go, all right, here we go. Back to it. Oh, on yeah. Monday. But there was a point where, because obviously you mentioned that they can kind of match up with you guys mid pointers wise pretty well, but also they had that sort of size advantage. There was a point early in the game that Tom McHugh had a couple of inside buckets or like little edge of the key post ups. And I was like, oh, is this going to be is this going to be the story of the next 40 minutes? But <laughs> I don't I don't remember what happened file file wise, but I feel like he kind of came out of the game and didn't make his way back in. But um Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that ties into this is a, a little like secret undercurrent of this budding rivalry, but you guys get budding rivalry to you and maybe budding rivalry to me and eventually to both these teams. Um you guys seemingly every year you get the like the Jan Gantz revenge game where he plays a very small role for them most of the season and he just like does spot minutes here and there and then he comes out and reliably drops double figure points on 70% shooting against you guys at least once a year if not yeah. twice. <laughs> whatever you've done to upset him it might be worth making amends um <laughs> See, seeing if he'll let you off the hook next like, can, like one of you guys bake or anything and like show up next <laughs> time you play him with like a peace offering <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a size thing to some extent. Obviously, he's more of a perimeter guy, but he's still like a big outside shooter and he knocks shots down. And quite honestly, I think Jim should consider going max height if you know your um, your main concern against them is is the size deficit. But you touched on it again that you obviously don't want to let out too many trade secrets. Um, but you're playing them again on a short turnaround. Do you think the game is going to look a huge amount different given lessons learned? Or in this opening game, do you think one or maybe even both teams has kind of emptied the clip a little bit in terms of figuring out the option that really works, but also, you know, therefore showing your hand to the other team? I think the game is going to be like 10 times harder than the game we just played. Like, I think they Martin's a really good coach and he's really smart. And so I feel like he might be, you know, drawing something else up new that we haven't seen before or what. But all in all, like, we know it's always going to be a grind against them. Um, and it's always going to be pretty much the first team that could score, obviously, like, 65 or more. Like, that's usually who's going to win. <laughs> um, but really, like, as much as it's going to be a grind and, like, ooh, they might change this or they might do that, Really, it's just going to depend on who wants it more. And I think that if we stick to our game plan and kind of play our play our game, but then just like rely on each other, I think we will have the nicer outcome out of that. <laughs> sure. And do you like do you think you guys have an obligation to make adjustments as well? Because I think it's quite common to see two teams play each other, the team that loses go, right, we have to make some changes. And the team that wins kind of leave some things that they could do better on the table and just kind of go, oh, thank God we made it through that one. Right, what's next? Oh, cool. They're coming on Tuesday again. Um, do you guys, like, sit on the fact that you did enough to beat them or do you think that there's enough that you can tweak without telling us what it is, obviously, because you play them in a week? Um. Well... We had our game Saturday and Mikey had a video session for us yesterday that was like an hour long of, you know, things that we can improve or okay. do better or so he's like he's one of those 
athletes that like plays the game and then is really good at like running the game through his mind again. Like I'm not, I'm a goldfish. I don't remember what happened like five seconds ago. That's And me. like, he'll be like, Oh, do you remember, you know, what this, what this happened in the game? And I'm like, I don't Language. even remember. <laughs> no, I'm I'm the same there. Like even in like a training session when it'll get stopped for water and someone come over to me and they they phrase it as a question, but it's really just a way to start the sentence where they go, So do you know that two plays ago where and I'm like, I'm gonna stop you there. I know you're not actually asking me, but no, I don't remember that play. Like it it's gone already. Because oh, yeah. way, how did this water get in my hand? Well, yeah. <laughs> why, why yeah, why is this wet? <laughs> Just like too many undiagnosed concussions and you're like i don't remember any of these plays <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we already watch video and we have like a minor it's still a list of things that we need to improve or do better or change um and so that's what we've been kind of going about this week leading into frankfurt we've been making those changes that will also benefit us when we play frankfurt and then kind of go from there but it's nice to have a game in the middle rather than just going straight into playing them again yes <laughs> yeah. yeah try and try and like break the camera so that they don't get to do any video on anything you change like just <laughs> try and like slip 20 euro to the to the guy who's running the camera to like step on a cable and pull it out or something <laughs> yeah the move. the, the uh, game that's on youtube from last week of you guys in hanover you could like report that for um copyright or whatever and see if you can get it taken down so they can't watch it <laughs> Oh, that's the move. Just play like a like a universal UMG um copyrighted song on your phone right behind right beside the camera, just so that it gets clipped. That's the move. We've done it. Hey, oh we're, boy. We're solving all kinds of issues here. All right. Um, let's let's get going. Let's move on. Jeez. Okay. La last thing. Well, not last thing on this front, but before your guys' game against them next week, would you like to throw out any preemptive trash talk? Oh, I'm not really good at trash talking. I'm one of those people that are like, oh, well, yeah, well, and then I don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm just going to hopefully, you know, let the game say, you know, what I want it to say itself. Um, sure. I don't know. I like to be Team Switzerland because I actually really like the Hanover athletes and I quite enjoy playing against them. They're not like, you know, Taringa, but... <laughs> I really like enjoying playing against Hanover, so I, it's hard for me to like trash talk them when I actually like enjoy playing against sure. them. Fair enough. You're, you're, not, you're not making my job easy here, but I re I respect your di diplomacy. <laughs> um. Okay, so we kind of touched on it how you guys have been been circling each other a little bit in terms of playing each other, the various teams you've played, the fact that you've set each other up to, you know, now um, play your previous Euro Cup opponents. Um, given if we were to work on the assumption that the top two teams in Germany are kind of a tier of their own and you guys are just in the tier below that, knocking on the door, depending on, you know, the individual day and matchup, how much would you you guys say that you see Hanover as you know your best measuring stick for you know your own results, your success of your season, your progress, you know, game by game or whatever? Do you are you always keeping an eye on them, or 
are you more self-contained and less neurotic than I would be in in your <laughs> situation? Um, I'm someone that is really it's really a struggle to look into the future of games. I'm someone that's like, oh, I'll just take it game by game and see how how it goes. So right now my focus is more on Frankfurt, but I am like I said looking forward to that grind against Hanover again. But um if we you know, stay third, it would be Rhino's history. They've never ended up being third in the league before. Oh, so really? that would be really, really big for the program. And so I hope that we can make that happen. You better crunch some footage on Munsterland while you're about it. <laughs> Don't slip <like> out. <laughs> Just a dig any chance you get on that game. <laughs> That's why, like, I need to interrupt periodically when there's a silence, because if not, Mark's going to just fill it with uh, Munsterland. <laughs> um, Mark wants this to be a rivalry. You would rather be rivals with one of the two teams above you, aspirationally, and I'm just like, should you be punching down and having a go at Frankfurt or Munsterland? <laughs> that, that, that's fair. Um, so, with my various prodding, I think we've taken the answer from you this isn't a rivalry, at least not yet. Um, as much as I would like it to be, and I will try and put players in place to make that happen. Um, <laughs> if you so, see Mark at a game, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, what we we talked about there with the kind of results against the common thread of opponents or whatever, and you know their win over Thuringen. Um, versus you know your loss to them and whatever else how do you what do you think the like overall set of results say about the two teams if you look at how you guys are balanced at third and fourth currently do you look at that and would you confidently say at this point you're the better team and you've proven yourselves to be based on the one game against each other and the aggregate results or do you think you know this is basically throw out the Euro Cup games because they're everybody playing against teams they don't know as well. And maybe you'll find out, you know, down the road when you have to cross over and play each other's previous opponents. Do you think there's much to be taken from those results or do you think it all comes down to the head-to-head? Um, I think it mostly comes down to the head-to-head just because, you know, I mean, we've come especially like against Turinga, like we're always like neck and neck throughout the game. And usually it's the fourth quarter where we suck. (laughs) Um, But if we, I don't know how to really word this, but yeah, I think it just comes down game to game. And I, I try to like really, when we play, you know, the people that are above us, which is Londale and Turinga. And if we only lose within like, you know, less than 10 points I'm like okay like we are knocking on their door and like they have to respect us and I don't know even in the like the mid-pack teams there's been so many weird wins and defeats obviously us with Munster but uh (laughs) I don't know it's just like the league is kind of I would say it's a bit more competitive than even just last year alone but we definitely just take it game by game because stats don't really mean something because you know I could like when we played Turinga I had one of the worst shooting games of my life (laughs) so it just yeah it depends but 
game by game. That was a long answer for that. I know, that's fair. It was a long and convoluted question. So <laughs> I nearly jump I nearly jumped in to make fun of something you said, but realized I was on mute, but it was for it was for the better. So just <laughs> oh, God. but just in case you saw me be like and then say nothing. Uh, it was because I jumped in and then was like, oh no, that's probably probably good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So prediction time. Um Bearing in mind what we've talked about, would you like to make a prediction for if and when you guys are to run into Fenerbahce, who beat Hanover at EuroCup, and if and when Hanover have to play Kiez in their EuroCup? How do you see those games panning out? I think Hanover would win. Um, They just have a lot more threats on court. You really are bad at trash talk, you know. You're you're not meant to be like, hey, I think this team's great. (laughs) (laughs) And then... (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I honestly need to go rewatch the game um, that Hanover played against. I you say it because I'm gonna butcher the name. Fenerbahce. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm excited to play against Uber again, though. Like, oh yeah, I, a revenge game. I'm calling it. Thirty six. Oh my goodness! I've <laughs> never like I liked playing against the Izmir, so I'm excited to play against them and you know see Uber again because. He was a good teammate with me, and I really enjoyed him on the team for the short amount of time we had. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think if we bring out our best defensive game, we'll really challenge them. And so I hope we win because I like winning. <laughs> um, That's fair. So you, you say the stats don't mean a lot, so do with this what you will. But you guys beat Hanover by seven. Fenerbahce beat Hanover by 14, so they are exactly twice as good as you. And therefore, in a pool competition, the best thing you could do is like lose the game and just score one point because they'll only score two points and then your point differential is very easy to overcome. So you can't argue with the logic on that one. There is absolutely, that's an unassailable case. <laughs> He's got you there. That is a mathematical fact that like, <laughs> teams that beat other teams are therefore better than like, that's a, that's a thing. Well, they beat them and we beat that team. So that's how that works. We're just going to focus on what we need to do and hopefully we win. (laughs) Hopefully we win and sure, the real wins are the friends we made along. That's not true. Um, Well, The the good news I have for you is um, I would say go back and watch that Hanover and Fenerbahce game because if, as you alluded to with the Izmir stuff, if you like a physical game, oh my, are you in for a treat when Fenerbahce (laughs) broke up? (laughs) Bring it. (laughs) I'll be watching for that moment, like three minutes into that game, where you've like blown two foot blades up, and you're like, "Oh, cool, no whistles, I'm good." <laughs> like you know, the thing, where you're like you hit someone, and you kind of look around, waiting for the whistle. And you're like, "Oh, nice, we're in." It, it's actually, it's like it won't be remembered because I think it was like EuroCup two last year, but um, Fenerbahce won that level, and I think they had Gillianova in both the opening game of the tournament and in the final. And it's like, man, how is this game so close? And then it's like, oh, because Cavanini plays for Gillianova. And if you just want to push foot plate to foot plate with that guy, like he'll go toe to toe with anybody in that setup. So um, yeah, I don't know who your who your team's like hired muscle is. Probably Jim, but you should probably get him <laughs> ready to um, ready to get, go to battle with some of those Fenerbahce bigs, and you might be fine. I'll throw him a few full plates. He might get mad at me, but I'll throw him a few. Leave my friend alone. It's going to benefit us. (laughs) Okay. 
I, I'm actually looking forward to you guys playing them and just seeing if you guys could like, right, if we just keep this so clean that their physicality doesn't bother us, like if we just outplay them, like that's going to be exciting to watch. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, probably not as fun to play and as to watch. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've forgotten what it's like to play basketball. Um, last question on you guys and Hanover. Uh, if you, like if playoffs kind of pan out the same way they did last year and one of you loses each to Landil or Turingen. Would you like to play for like a third, fourth, or do you not care at that point? Um, part of me would like to. I think it's kind of silly that we don't get to play out that third and fourth because it is still a pretty big deal for programs to in mm. rankings. Yeah. Um, so it would be cool to do that. Um, but at the same time, our season's so long already with just finals being played that. I couldn't imagine doing like a bronze medal game with that yeah. as well. But no. I think at that point, the programs. Yeah. I think at that yeah. point, some guys are just like, can I, can I go home? Like, yeah. <laughs> it'd be all right if it was like all in the same place on the same weekend. But even then, like, I've played some bronze medal games at tournaments like that. And like both teams are like, we could be on the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to say there is plenty of bronze medal games that you witness where the teams are more than ready to get home at that point. Never mind sticking around another week or, or two to do it separately. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you talk about who's going to win the bronze medal game in the, in those, it's like who can get themselves up for it, who hurts less, who played less minutes yesterday overall. Like it's, but yeah. All right. Shall we get into some of the listener questions and some of the me questions? Oh, Let's boy. do it. I have just realized, Mark, that the question that I, one of the questions that I was going to ask both of you guys that I wouldn't tell you for the element of surprise has been asked by someone else. <laughs> All right. So it wasn't this one. Uh, first question coming in from, did anyone ask for any anonymity or no? No, nobody, nobody wanted it kept secret. So, oh boy. And they're, and they're all, they're all your teammates apart from one. Oh, so. great. All right. So Chris Huber's asked, who's your favorite teammate? Oh man, <laughs> Jim's gonna get mad if I don't say him. But Jim and I are best friends. I, I'm gonna get mad if you don't say Jim. So I sorry. pretty much force him being my best friend, and I force myself being his best friend all the time. So it has to be Jim. But Chris and Nico and Jim are also like the three musketeers with me. So oh, but nice. it's Jim takes the number one. How does right. um? How does Boots feel that last time you were on here, you campaigned for the world to know how great she was, got her to join your team, and now you're listing another low pointer as your best friend? Jim and I have, I don't know, like, Rhino's history. He's like, <laughs> my guy. Like, when we won our All-Stars together, I was, like, chatting that we were best friends, and it was, like, an All-Star official thing, and he was just, like, rolling his eyes <laughs> I love Jim so much. Forcing him to be so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, okay, the next question uh, is coincidentally a question that I was meaning to ask both of you anyway. But Heiss has written in and said, what is the largest animal that you think you could take on in a fight? I clarified in my question. Uh, I clarified in my question, like unarmed and like to the death. <laughs> well, I I'm a little bit confused by the wording because in theory you can take on any animal in a fight, right? He's not no, and win, I would say, is a prerequisite. Okay. The question th 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 this my inspiration of this came from I saw I've mentioned this like five times on this podcast probably, but I've seen 
uh, they asked a load of American, like North American men, what the lar like what the largest animal they think they could beat in a fight was, and the percentage of people that were like, yeah, I could probably beat a grizzly bear. Like it, <laughs> it wasn't large, but it was like six percent of thousands of men that they asked for. Like, yeah, I could fight a bear. Like, no, you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> where do you, where where are you where are you placing this? I don't know. Part of my like little bit of cockiness confidence would be like yeah i could fight a gorilla you're but i wouldn't die you are you're turning to liquid if you fight a gorilla <laughs> when, when james said men said they could beat a grizzly bear i was about to trot out a line about toxic masculinity and i'm glad that I I... It turns out you have toxic masculinity as well i don't know i mean i love animals so i never thought i would have to beat them up Okay. What I would but, say is this isn't like an animal that isn't interested in fighting. You're not going out hunting right now. It's like you're 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 one on one. This thing's trying to have a go at you. I think it honestly, for most people, it tops out at like medium to large dog. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, if you if it's animals and people are animals, do you think you could beat Jim in a fight? Yes. I <laughs> actually have asked all of the Rhinos teammates last year who they think they could like win in a fight against. And it was so funny we got people got that got like incredibly heated about it and then we asked like a few people on our women's team and then they got also incredibly heated i loved it i was like i could you know i'm quite strong i'm also have a little bit of crazy side to me that i'm like i could beat up anyone <laughs> the honest to god the longest recurring argument that me and my wife have is who would win in a fight but like to the death like, she is convinced 100% that she would beat me in a fight. But... Listen, girls have a little bit of a crazy side that you don't see a ton of the time. Well, and some you might, but <laughs> I would say that we have a little bit of crazy in us. It's, so it's I just like there is no wife. resolution to this. We just go back and forth and we've like asked everyone at it, like any of you <laughs> cool people at our wedding. But when, um... when, you, when you said that was it, I was about to give full context and say that for this disagreement between you and your wife, me and my wife have both served as consultants as part of the panel as to who we oh think. But there's st still no resolution to any of this. So cool. my... anyway, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> I have one question. Your answer is Jim, apparently. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> I have one question on this question from Heiss. Um, in this hypothetical where I have to fight an animal, am I disabled still? Yes, you're you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, this is like I'm, today you hear a knock on the door and you go oh I didn't order anything on Amazon I wonder what that is you open it's a kangaroo <laughs> like a kangaroo a bloodthirsty kangaroo you're going to you're going to hell if you're fighting a kangaroo like it's over I'm I'm gonna play it safe and say I reckon I could confidently take on like a, a large chicken <laughs> a uh, chicken or a rooster oh no Roosters are just freaky, man. I don't want to get near the the like wobbly head thing. Um, I, I I had an argument with someone when I basically was like, chickens and roosters, that's the same thing. What are we talking about? And they were like, no, it isn't. And my response was basically like, I know, but come on. <laughs> and being reductive here, that's the same. Like a goose, a duck, it's all the... Um, <laughs> me accidentally categorizing me like, yeah, birds. But um, all right. Uh, talking about Jim, next question is from Jim. In the men's and the women's games, who do you think are currently the best players? Ooh, that is hard because I have not been really paying attention to the men's side of the 
things for a while. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's that hard on the women's side of things, but... Um... I don't know. I feel like with the, I mean, it also depends on the classification. Sure. That's how I would say it. But I don't know. On the men's side right now, like I'm thinking of like an all around player that can do everything. And like Phil's coming to mind. He's pretty all around. He also played yep. an incredible game of basketball at your last Europeans. So unbelievable. Just yeah. ran the tournament from start to finish. Also, yeah. I met his dad in Dubai and fun fact. <laughs> and I maybe said three words to Phil in my life, but me and his dad. Yeah, that, Neil's the best. That'll happen. Um Neil is he, also... he, he'll be listening to this probably and yeah, Neil's the best. He's saying the Blue Jay song because he goes to a lot of the baseball games. So he's saying that together. <laughs> We're tight. <laughs> remarkably charismatic. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. On the women's side, it's also really tough to say. Like, I think Rose is playing incredibly good basketball right now with Londell. Yeah. Katie's really good. You know, Mershka, anytime she's in the women's game, she's dominating. Mm -hmm. So it's really tough to say on the women's side, unless you went by like classification. I mean, uh, it's, it's Mariska Bayer, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm joking. There's there's a couple of <laughs> candidates for sure. But yeah. I just wanted to be really reductive there. But um, <laughs> now there, you're right. There are like a handful of candidates. And I guess part of it is like transferability to men's game and stuff. When you go into that, it gets a little different. I mean, mm -hmm. to mixed game, like club yeah. game. I think it gets a little different. But yeah, interesting. Okay. We prepped you for this one ahead of time. So this one's from Jim as well. Um, and Jim says, including yourself, if you were in a mixed gender team, what would your dream starting five be? Oh, uh, I really struggled with this, mostly because I was like mixed gender. I would literally just put myself as the only female in the lineup. <laughs> um, but I thought it would be me, Alex Haluski, because I find he's also a very all around player. Obviously, I'd have my best friend Jim in there. Can't can't forget about him I've always really wanted to play against and play with Phil I think again he's an all-around player and he's big and then I was like who would I really want as my dive that was my last one and I was like one of the twins from Spain yeah. I was like one of them is my dive so, so. so when you say one of them you mean Alejandro presumably yeah, the one that's I'm a really foot taller and yes, for yes. Like, is that? Yeah. yeah, I would want him as my dive because I feel like we'd be pretty dominant in like a pick and roll setting. That um, starting five, the fact that yourself, Phil, Alejandro, Haluski, and Jim is even to points is absolutely fearsome. Uh, that is a great five. <laughs> I'm so I glad. I really thought about this. So if you just get like, if you get the like super mobile all round three, and then you get the gigantic inside three, like you've got a lot of, you got a lot of points to play with, and you've already got a lot of bases covered. I like it. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh. Next question from Craig Campbell. Who do you want to take on the Canada coaching position? Mark is available. <laughs> That's a. He he isn't. He has a job, a wife, and a child. <laughs> I actually, when I saw this, I really, really, really did think about applying just to see what the process was like. And then I was kind of like, oh, I feel a bit bad wasting their time. <laughs> and, then, 
then it speci specified you had to be able to speak French. And I was like, I've blagged a lot of things in job interviews, but being able to speak French is not one of them that you can just rock. They're it. like, do you speak French? You're like, oui, oui. <laughs> that, is, that is also literally a friend's plot line. <laughs> like, yeah. if, if a thing that might happen to you is a plot line to the stupidest character of the six in Friends, you're probably not. Want to go for it? Yeah, I um, I thought I would let that one go to a more deserving and more dedicated candidate, and also well, I'm potentially, sure, <laughs> I'm sure, Deuce, you would have been horrified if I'd have rocked up as your head coach and you were like, "Isn't this the guy who was just trying to stoke a rivalry between two club teams in Germany?" Isn't Why this is the he guy that was throwing jabs about us losing to Munsterland? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> this is the guy that, with lots of questions, let's see how many answers he has. Let's go. Um, <laughs> All right, so that is all the questions that other people have written in. Now we're getting to a little weird corner of the podcast where I ask you stupid questions, um, some of which I've asked you previously, so I'm not going to repeat, but I have a couple um, that I was trying to think of earlier just for fun. Um, what is the best possible way to prepare potatoes? Ooh. As I'm a big mash girl. To a roast moose perhaps mashed potatoes all the way <laughs> i'm a roast. big mash girl put that on a head <laughs> <laughs> all right uh cool can mash. that be the title of the podcast i'm a big mash girl oh god <laughs> people are not gonna take me seriously <laughs> well your last episode that you're on was called moose moose roast so this <laughs> called i'm a big mash girl is like the perfect sequel it's so funny we're gonna have to have you on here in like six months for some sort of vegetable reference yeah and then you'll have a full meal or like okay. a wine accompaniment or something <laughs> to be fair if we have you on talking about disability sport and you like we need to try and draw something about vegetables out of you i think we could get into weird territory so i'm just gonna move on the next question is who should we have on as a guest that we haven't yet Ooh, good question um i don't know i would like to see maybe like a coach that's like been coaching internationally for a long time I know that's kind of like ugh, coaches, ugh, yeah. like athletes, but I'm like, also like, there's a lot of like, as especially me, like when I retire, I want to transition into coaching and I'd be like, oh, that'd be really interesting to know, you know, some things because coaches have lots of stories to tell. Sure. But I also know how boring that would be. So no, it might be yeah. cool. I think we'd love it. Like we've had, we had your coach on last year. We had Lucas on and we had, yeah. um, so it might be good. Yeah. Or oh, you just get Phil had... Pratt's dad. I would listen to that in a heartbeat. Hell yeah. <laughs> Man, if we could, um, bizarrely, if we open this question up to everybody, I don't know what it is about the wheelchair basketball circle, but if we could open this question up to everyone, about who should be a future guest. I'm sure we would get so many votes for people's parents. I'm not oh, really yeah. sure why, but people, there's like a thing where players just find like somebody else's parents and latch on and is like, that's my dude. Yeah. I mean, you're in, we're in the middle of Dubai and he's singing a baseball song to me. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he was like doing one of these too. And I was like, <laughs> I have no idea who you are, but I'm here for it. <laughs> That's the best. Uh, uh, how would you like people to describe your game? Ooh. Uh -huh. 
Uh huh. Serious one in there. Yeah. Um. I don't know. <laughs> I get the. I get lots of girls, and some of the guys when I'm playing, they're say, "Ooh, I'm glad Juice is on my team," just because I can be an asshole and. I don't know. I guess that would be the best way to describe it is you rather have me on your team than not on your team. Sure. All right. Yeah. Um, how would a dog wear a pair of trousers? What kind of dog? Whatever you want. Oh my god. They have four legs. Is is yeah. the four legs all mm, of them on the ground? Is it would be their hind legs. Just the back. I'm thinking two. of like a leaner dog and they would have like the longest little pants. Ah, uh, Mark has and one like of suspenders. Oh my god, that'd be so cute. Cool. I'll um, I'll <laughs> I'll make it happen and see what we can do. Yes. All right. Uh, last one. What is the best game of wheelchair basketball you've ever seen live? Ooh, I mean, I just recently watched the Bill Bow versus Galatasaray. Cool. That wasn't my question, but no problem. Yeah, no, that that was a great game. I was like, that's a. <laughs> Well, that was a really good game. Obviously, our Hanover game we just played was like kind of good too. But sure. <laughs> no yeah. comment. No comment. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Internationally or just club ball? I don't know. It's pretty hard to like watch games in club basketball because it's normally you drive there, you play in it, and then you go home apart from Euro Cup. But um so it's probably more likely at tournament play to watch a game live. I think my favorite game I watched live would have been the U.S. versus Japan in the gold medal game in Tokyo. I was rooting for Japan the whole time, obviously. And then for them to win silver and just be that incredibly proud and happy, I was just, I was like so emotional for them. Like, that was a really good moment. Oh, yeah. Like, best result that they've ever had in an international tournament out of home games. Like, that's massive, even though they didn't get all the way there. Yeah. Good answer. Thanks. It took us a minute to get there. I was like, I said live, like you weren't at any of these games. But okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. I'm it's a goldfish, right. remember, in one year. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, that's that's my stupid and potentially last stupid questions done. So, yeah. Anything else, Mark? No, nothing for me, man. We're all good. Juice, thank you for joining us. And get writing your intro for when you're back for your third time out i hope it's i have a gold medal with me instead of our bad performance in Dubai. <laughs> so does mark yes so do i you'll finally prove me right and it'll be fine because i'll be your coach we can knock our gold medals together easy peasy great <laughs> right. uh Thanks yeah guys and thank you we juice we'll see you again soon good luck for the rest of the season good luck in your next round of euro cup Thanks. Okay. Looking forward to it. Thanks, everyone. Uh, talk to you next week. Bye.